0: This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. This is Michael Merrickle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at Let's letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. I am your guest, Chelsea Drinkard with Office Space Brokers, filling in for Jim Brangenberg. Obviously, my voice is a little bit, I guess, not as deep, and then also just a slightly bit younger than Mr. Brangenberg, but every day we talk about a different approach to looking at the way you and I think about our faith at work. And if you want to be the first to know about the topics for the next show, and you you can either like the I Work for Him Facebook page or go to IWorkForHim.com. If you subscribe, you'll be you'll receive the past shows right into your inbox, saving you time. You know what was that link again? Blah blah blah. You're like that with me. Um, I do that too. So I would like to just give a public service announcement that today is February twelfth, meaning February fourteenth is two days away. So, gentlemen, ladies. Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. So if you haven't done anything for that special someone or you're trying to get a special someone, now's the time. So don't want to wait till um, last minute. Or in a little side note, gals, if you're single, have a Valentine's Day. I just did that with some girlfriends over the weekend. We just played fun games and ate chocolate. It was great. So, um, Or do that at your office. That's a great way to boost morale with your, your employees or your team or something like that. Um, so, you might be thinking, who is this girl and why is she talking and guest hosting today? So, I'm a commercial, I own a commercial estate company in Tampa, Florida with Office Space Brokers. And we are a boutique style firm which specializes in advising businesses with five to 50 employees to reduce their financial risk, save time. The, the negotiation headache in when leasing and purchasing office space. I'm also the singles writer for a Christian magazine called strong and courageous women and the area director for Christian business, business women's connection. Um, and I personally be, believe that business is more than a transaction, which is one of the reasons why I have the incredible honor of guest hosting today. So Jim, um, and Martha are on their marriage cruise this week, soaking up the sun. So jealous. They're going to come back with a super rad tan. Um, so definitely jealous of that. So they let me, you know, kick off this week here. So there's some, if you haven't normally listened to Every Day, there's some really incredible and dynamic other guest hosts this week. So jump on Facebook, check that out, because you don't want to be left behind and you don't want to miss out. So if you want um, practical ways to live out your faith in the workplace, the first time that I guest hosted, we talked about five ways to five practical ways to live out your faith. And I had five guests who actually shared Very simple, practical ways on what and how they do it. We had medical professionals, financial, marketing, real estate, and everywhere in between. Um, So you might be thinking, I don't think in my industry I can do that. We had someone who is a physician's assistant at Johns Hopkins Medical in Baltimore, Maryland, share how she does it and she could easily get fired right we all can agree that in in hospital, hospital in hospitals and medical it's a very um kind of sticky situation when it talks about sharing your face so if you want quick practical ways you can go over to i work for him check that out the other show that we had um the last time before that the first one we tackled Bridging the generational gap that has brought a lot of frustration and broken lines of communication in the workplace. And especially as Christians, how are we supposed to really bridge that gap and what we can do and also stand out to our boss or supervisor, or if you are that boss or supervisor, how you can bring unity and increase efficiency and increase your bottom line and productivity in your office, and your workplace. So definitely check that um, check that out. And if you're thinking generational gap who is a millennial i don't even do i qualify if you're probably asking that question you're probably not a millennial totally fine but just so you know we um the there's baby boomers and millennials and millennials aka born after 1981 so that's that generational gap that we're talking about and you might have even read some articles online or something about that too so personally as part of that millennial generation we are very mission focused um We value experiences over things and we're very empowered with sharing our voice. So naturally, we're going to talk about a hot topic that you've probably seen online. You've probably read articles, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the above about women rising in business and vocalizing about salary wages, breaking the glass ceiling, harassment, and everything in between. But today, we are going to talk about how do the secret to six, let me say it again, the secret to succeeding in a male-dominant industry. Now wait, men, hear me. Before you turn the channel or click on another podcast, let me ask you, do you work with women? Mike is nodding. He's like, yes, I do, right? Do you work with mem- women? Do you have female colleagues, employees, vendors, boss, supervisor? Are you married? Do you want to be married? Um, friends? And if you want to learn how to decrease stress and frustration, increase produ- um, production with them, then you better grab a pen and paper, honey, because you're not going to want to miss this. So Dr. Miles Memo made a good observation when he referenced, have you ever thought about the significance of World War II and the role it played in job roles? Prior to World War II, most men worked in factories and women were full-time mothers and homekeepers, or as I like to call them, executive domestic engineers. So what happened when several of the men deployed to war, right? There weren't men to work in the industry. So the factories had to keep running, so women went to work. You remember Rosie the Riveter, right? The girl with the, she had the jean shirt rolled up and her hair up with a red polka dot bandana and the, the bicep sticking out, right? She was the icon of women going to work, right? So she was a symbol of that movement. But once that war was over, the men came back and boom. Surprise! The factories are full of women. And there's a shift in this traditional roles that we had been so familiar with for centuries and centuries. So this is why I brought in, um, I'm so thankful she was able to carve out time in her schedule to be with us today, but we have the privilege and honor of a woman who has been in in commercial real estate for over 35 years, who works for a national organization, has been ranked as top 10 producer in 2010, 12, 14, and 16 at her office. She's represented high-end suburban office buildings, handling the leasing for buildings for her career. And these average buildings range from 135,000 square feet to 480,000 square feet. So please help me welcome Claire Calzone. Clap, 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 clap. Claire, are you there? I am right here. Hi! Thank you, Chelsea. What an introduction. Listen, you have so much on here. I'm like, I don't even... She's done so much. You know, so I gotta. I only pulled out what I could, but I'm so thankful that you're with us today because I know personally we have talked about this several times and being um, in a male dominant industry. And I read this st- statistic; it said that the average commercial real estate professional is a 53 year old white male.
1: <laughs> yes, not surprising.
0: Right. So first off, let's take a step back. What is the difference between So so we can kind of get to know you a little bit more where you come from. What's the difference between commercial real estate and residential real estate?
1: Oh, night and day. And I apologize in advance if I'm going to offend any uh, residential realtors out there, but it is a different animal. And anybody working in the industry knows that. I've never done residential, even when it comes to buying my own real estate, I have trouble with the contracts, but on on the commercial side, I've been very blessed in being able to work on the commercial side since the beginning of my career. It's a whole different animal, and really at the end of the day, I don't think people realize that from the time they get up in the morning to the time they get home at night, how much commercial real estate they touch, from getting on the highway to picking up their Starbucks coffee, to going to their office, to sitting behind their desk, to stopping at publics on their way home all of that is commercial real estate
0: wow very very true even i know locally in tampa the new highways that are coming up the new buildings that are that are playing a part that plays a huge part in where we're where we're building homes right where we're living how we're getting there the commute all these factors play into part so you've been in this industry so let's go back the statistic was the average commercial real estate broker is a 55 year old white I almost said mailman. It sounds like a mailman that delivers mail, but you know what I'm saying, right? So how has that transitioned from 35 years ago till now? Have you s- seen any difference?
1: Oh, gosh, definitely. It's been a long haul. We're getting there, but since the beginning of time, there's always been a more male-dominated presence in everything. Um mm-hmm. Even in, in other countries, women are treated as second-rate citizens. At least we live in America where we have a voice, even though it may not be a loud voice. Uh, but, yeah, I remember a day when I first started in this industry when I heard about a national firm, I'm not going to name any names, that would only hire men.
0: Wow. Claire, let me stop you right there because we're hey, we have to head to a break. This is Chelsea. I'm guest hosting um, for Jim Brangenberg for the I Work For Him radio show. And we are talking about the secret to succeeding in male-dominant industries. And I'm beyond blessed to have Claire Calzone, who's been in one of these male-dominant industries for 35 years plus and has flourished while um, different seasons of her life that maybe at one point she was actually found herself as a single mom through this and still made it, made it work and she's still in it. So Claire, we were just talking about how there's been a difference, um, since you started 35 years ago and now, and you, I think what, when you got off, you said that some of them back then were said they would only be, um, hiring men.
1: Yeah. That's was kind of an eye-opener when I first got into this business. Fortunately, at the time, I was working for a small developer, so it really didn't quite affect me, but I kept my eye open. Um, And as we progressed um, through the decades, decades, I feel so old. Um, (laughs) You're young um, at heart. (laughs) At heart, yes. Thank you. Um, It's become a little bit easier. It's still... A struggle sometimes. It's still a fight sometimes. Um, I think as women, we it took a long time to get an equal amount of respect. Um, and being in an authoritative position doesn't didn't always mean that we had authority to make decisions. That was one of the things that I've learned throughout my career. Wow. Um, probably midway through. Yes. Although I had the big fat title. I had absolutely no decision-making authority, and that was a slap in the face when I woke up one day realizing, wait a minute, I'm just a token female. Hmm. They hired me because they had to hire me. I'd like to think that it was because of my qualifications, but as long as you keep your nose to the grindstone and you do the right thing, you will Mm -hmm. persevere and God will bless you.
0: Right. So what do you think has triggered this most recent magnifying glass focus on women in the workplace and that you hear things about the rise of the woman and things like, what do you think has triggered this?
1: Uh, in today's politically correct world, um, isn't that what it's all about right now? Women have become more vocal. Um, women are somewhat hyper-focused on being more of a victim than ever before. Ooh, like wait, they've-
0: time out, time out, time out. Wow, that was so powerful, Claire. It, that okay oh my gosh I, we have to let that sink that in for a second because uh-huh. women are more focused on being a victim now we're just talking about from a passive standpoint we're not talking about laws that are broken just want to make sure we're clarifying that we're not talking uh-huh. about that uh-huh. right no no no. that's a completely separate topic but oh, yeah. when it comes to reaching for excuses versus results right in business correct for example I we I know we've talked about this. Myself, I in a male-dominated industry, I was I walked into a room and look around and said, "I'm the only female in here," and I'm all these men are old enough to be my dad, and <laughs> I totally got intimidated by it. I know I've shared about we talked a little bit about this and bridging the generational gap. I totally got um, intimidated by it. But here's the thing: my focus was focusing on myself and who I am not instead of who God created me to be in His image. And, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're all made in His image, so it doesn't matter in that circumstance, right? It doesn't matter. But it's be like, oh, I'm the only woman. I'm this and this is going to happen. And I totally found myself in certain times, struggling in in business in some regard because my focus was, but I'm a young you know, entrepreneur, and I'm half their age. They're not going to listen to respect me when reality, that's not the case. But I put what was it? I think it's in Proverbs, right? As a man thinketh, so is he? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. As I thought myself that's, a, that's who I was, that's how people viewed me.
1: That's correct. And it's hard to do when you're faced with that. But always go back to, again, God made you and who you are. And if you stick to that and you focus on that and you know that you're coming into a meeting prepared and you're equally qualified as anyone else around the room, and more than likely, especially in the commercial real estate side, we know our business. When we walk into um, a meeting where we're pitching for new business to represent um, a tenant, let's say, um, to find office space, they know their business. They're in the positions that they are because they know what they do and they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. We can face the same um, confidence when we walk into these meetings. Because we know commercial real estate, they don't. Right. So no so matter- if, we, if we focus on what we do know, and not what we don't know, then I think we will prevail.
0: That's so good. So what do you do you see a difference in women who are Christians versus and again, people can call themselves Christians out here like I'm a Christian, but are you you know, a marketplace ambassador, a leave, living, breathing vessel, right, and follower of Jesus Christ, where he is, you know, your number one priority in your life. Do you see a difference in Christians versus those who are or unbelievers and how they view their career in fast-paced, male-dominated industries like IT, um, financial, or whatever? Do you see a difference in how they handle that?
1: I do. Um, It's subtle, but there is a difference. Um, It comes down to uh, being passive versus aggressive and finding that balance. Um, Because, after all, we live in a broken world, and a lot of times we work with folks that are can be equally broken, and some will do whatever they can to get and step on whoever it needs to be stepped on to move forward and up the corporate ladder. But if we always, as Christians, always do the right thing, strive to do the right thing, go back to the golden rule, do on to others, mm-hmm. think before you leap, I think if we stick with those basics, I don't see how we can go wrong, because again, uh, we cannot control the world or right. what goes on, but what we can control is what we know and how we react and how we respond.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I know for you personally, at one point in your life, and, you know, there might be some single moms listening or if you who've recently found themselves single, um, I, I know you went through a, through a divorce and then you were single with your daughter. How did you balance it all? Like, that's his question for a lot of women. How do I balance career and my children in succeeding and cooking and, you know, PTA and all these things? How do I do this?
1: Oh, gosh, it, it's, it is a balance. You have to pick and choose. Your battles. I think that was probably the the best advice that I was ever given: is don't try to be the supermom. Just do what needs to be done on a day to day basis. And fortunately, um, I was bringing up my daughter during a time when cell phones were becoming um, much more popular and easier to afford. So mm-hmm. I was in the early to mid nineties. I I was I did bite the bullet and and get one of the very first. Cell phones, which was uh, a lot of us referred to as the brick, uh, but that really opened up. That opened up a a whole new and different world for me because I could be on the phone. Because back then it was before email was even used. It was introduced, right. but hardly anybody used it. So everything was still on the phone. So it was easy to wait in line at school to pick her up while on a meet in a meeting or on a conference call or speaking with a client um, and bless her heart my daughter she knew when she got in the car if I was on the phone not to speak mm-hmm. until I got off the phone so mm-hmm. she learned from an early age how to juggle with the technology so this is kind of fun actually I think it's a pretty good industry if you are a single mom it does provide the, a lot of flexibility
0: right and I know we have another um... Mother found herself single with four kids recently, and she was actually, she goes, what can I do with a flexible schedule? And she started a, a real estate, um, a residential real estate company. And she's Perfect. been, you know, flourishing in that. So, and you might be thinking, well, I work full-time, nine to five. How can I, you know, I'm stuck in this job or, you know, whatever. And I was actually just left um, an event. It was called Mentoring Monday with presidents and executives and CEOs all over from the Tampa Bay area. This actually happens nationally every year. Um, executives sit down with other young professionals just to give advice and help them. And um, an executive from National Bank of America came and she sat down and said, ask for help. Like, we as women, sometimes we feel like we have to do it all to kind of keep this facade, right? Like, you're not a good mom. You're not a good wife if you can't do everything and be all things to all men, right? Great advice. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a common thing or we feel bad because we have to ask for help because we're placing our value as women in what other people think about us versus what our God created us and how he sees us and how he views us. So and if you're a man listening to this and you kind of notice your wife or an A sister or someone kind of stressed out in that regard, that's a great opportunity where we can really work together as brothers and sisters in Christ and come together and say, hey, how can I help you? How can I help you with this? You know, how about I pick up the kids or, you know, or if you're another woman, sit your friend down and say, hey, maybe you're focusing on too too much right now. You know, there's so many distractions in our world that We can be blindsided and distracted that we're not be able to living out the call and purpose on our lives. So what options do women have in these situations? Do they man up and become one of the boys or do they take advantage of their feminine qualities like empathy and nurturing in order to stand out from the blokes and offer some new perspective to the organization? This is Chelsea. I'm the guest host. For I work for him today. We are talking about the secret to succeeding in a male dominant industry. We have a couple guests um, with us today. Claire Calzone, who's been in one of these male dominant industries over 35 years and has flourished in her professional career. And also personally, um, Claire and I are actually in a Christian business women's connection group here in Tampa Bay. If you're a woman or a man, actually, there's actually Christian Businessmen's Connection groups. Both are all over the country. So if you're in business, whether you own a business, and management, employee, somewhere in between, um, these groups are all over the country. If you wanna get involved, then how can you kind of partner your business and your workplace with your faith? If you think there's more to business and just clocking in nine to five, thinking about you know increasing your bottom line and sales and you know all those things, you got to get involved with cbmc.com or if you're on if you're a woman cbwc.biz. Christian businessmen's connection or Christian women's um, Christian Business women's connection. It's a lot when you say both of those together. I know Claire and I have been a group now for Claire, has it been two years now? three?
1: Uh, I think it's closer
0: to three years now. Wow, that's wild. So it's, we, one of the reasons why this topic came up is obviously if this is, you know, kind of flying all over the news on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and everywhere, we need to talk about this from a Christian perspective, right? What do, Mm -hmm. how do we address this? What does the Bible say about this? What's the Christian way to go about this? I've seen some, um, and let me, I want to just throw this out there. I am totally not a feminist. And also when you think, what? feminists, but aren't you pro-women? Aren't you pro-women's rights? Yada, yada, yada. First off, you got to look at what's the, the actual definition of feminism back in the 60s and before versus now and go back to the Bible, right? We always got to go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? I am pro-women in business and I am pro-men in business, right? We talk about the Proverbs 31 woman talks about how she takes care of her family, they don't go hungry, then she also has a business too, right? So, it's biblical and it's and it's definitely in there, but how do we go about honoring the men and respecting them but also having that mutual recognition because we're all um we're all created in his image, right? And so we're all created equal. So, I definitely I'm thankful for men. I'm thankful for the men in my life and the role that they play. The example of they play, especially those that, because chivalry is not dead. And, you know, I have know people that the door is still open for my f- women friends. Um, I know personally my father gets up every single time. I'm 28, okay? He gets up every single time I come to a table forever eating dinner together. So there's... um there's some incredible men out there and incredible women out there, and it's our job as Christians do our part of being um, that, that shining light. So I want to go back to this quote that I just read about, so we're in these situations, right? And Claire, you've been in a situation where you've been the only woman at the board table, haven't you? Uh, yes, that's true. So how do we handle um, those situations of, so do I try to act like one of the guys and You know, talk about sports or whatever. Uh, maybe let some comments fly that I might not be comfortable with or embrace my femininity. Because what I just read right here, how do we how do you stand out? And then there's another statistic that I read um, from Chandler McLoyd, a study published in the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology in 2011 found that women can face backlash for violating the feminine gender role stereotype. If they display typically male qualities. However, a different study meta-analysis published in the Psychology of Women of quarterly found, oppos- quarterly found the opposite. Women who portray themselves as having traits typically associated with masculinity tend to achieve greater heights in the workplace and experience less hardship. Conclusion, it's contradicting. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Claire! What would, what have you found worked for you, especially as as a Christian? And how actually how do you have an advantage in situations like this as a Christian?
1: That's a really good question. Um, always do your research. Go into a meeting prepared. Um, it's you know it's not just as Christian women, but as women in business in general. Don't be the first one to pop up and offer coffee. That's like a big no-no. When you come to the boardroom, if you want to be treated like an equal, you walk in there with your your head held high as a woman. Don't try to be someone God didn't create you to be. But Mm. always know your stuff. That's the bottom line.
0: So it sounds like you're going back to, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a woman. It just matters if you can do your job. That's pretty much
1: what it comes down to because that's when you'll get the respect, you'll be treated equally, but until the male gender across the table realizes that you really do know what you're talking about, mm-hmm.
0: you're not going to get that respect
1: or that equality.
0: Right. And I was um, just with someone else, uh, local CEO of a marketing company here and, and I said this is what I said, Oh my gosh, this is what we're talking about today and you know, I was really excited and she said, Oh my goodness, you know what? Something that I found too, I think a lot of this um uncertainty and things and, you know, the concern of loop the corporate ladder and et cetera can fall from us on women and our cattiness with each other. You know, no, I, I want to be that one token. Actually, I'm going to take pride in being that one token when I don't want anyone else joining me. I want to be the only one and kind of be that shining star, if you will, versus us kind of coming together as a community, as sisters, encouraging and, and you know, mentoring the younger generation and, and that type of thing. Have you noticed that playing a part of sometimes we may be more, more catty than men versus they, they can be more direct in their communication of feelings with one another in the workplace?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the way that God made us. Hmm. And um, there's certain things that we, you know, as women, we just do. Um, we're more nurturing. Um, the Bible says we should be. Right. And like, like you mentioned earlier, everything that we do in business or at home um, comes from the Bible. The Bible is our playbook. Right. So whatever questions you might have or challenges that you have facing that day... Go back to the Bible and pray about it. God will give you the words and the strength mm-hmm. to persevere in the end.
0: Amen. There's that verse in Jeremiah that says, "I wish I didn't know the." Ouch! Um, I just smashed my knee. Sorry. There's the verse in Bible that says um, that if I come, if I come to you, I, if you come to me, I will show you greater things that you would never normally know. That's so, right. Not until we come to Him. And we ask, like, Lord, show me. Here's a situation. How do I deal with this? What if, you know, how give me the wisdom and discernment and the Holy Spirit will guide and, and direct you and and show you. Maybe it's, you know, something in a proposal that you wouldn't normally know, but Holy Spirit gave you the spirit of wisdom and discernment. You know, whatever that looks like, there's um there's advantages to that too. So what would do you think there's a way that men can help encourage an equal playing field? In these male dominant industries we call them
1: gosh yes Um, and the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is think about their own daughters Hmm. because a lot of CEOs and CFOs um, have gotten to where they're at because they know what they're doing obviously they were promoted to to and they moved through the corporate ladder because they understand their business and at the end of the day, if they, have, if they treat their female employees like they would their daughters and, and promote the female employees, I think they'll get a lot more results than if they weren't thinking in that direction. Right. We all, have, we all have strengths and weaknesses. We all come to the table as team players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the first to say my male counterpart probably has a stronger background in something that I don't and vice versa. So as a team, I think as male and female, we can all come to the table and contribute equally. And but we need that le- leader to recognize that.
0: Absolutely, that definitely. And then I, so I actually asked some of the the women in our group because we have um, IT, some financial advisors, real estate, and some other not necessarily um, traditionally right, statistically mm-hmm. more male dominant roles. And one asked, so what what about when you are entertaining? Part of you is entertaining clients, right? So there's opportunities for happy hours or going to dinners and it's all men or just you and being in situations where you hear a comment or a joke. How, how do you balance someone saying something and you kind of acting like one of the guys and just brushing it off versus saying, you know, standing up and say, hey, don't don't say that. But I've, you just kind of answered that question. You just said if you viewed someone as your daughter, how you act in front of your, say something in front of your daughter, would you say that in front of that other woman?
1: Exactly. And unfortunately, we oftentimes find ourselves in exactly those situations. And I go back to something that I learned from uh, Billy Graham, is to never allow yourself to be in a position where you have to defend yourself like that. If you can't avoid a client, um, dinner or lunch. Bring your female counterpart at the office with you. Um, That always helps set the stage when there's two. Um, But don't allow yourself to be in that position is the bottom line.
0: What if someone says, yeah, but that's the only, they're all going to go and hang out and bond and I might get left out of the next deal or the next project.
1: It's not always about the money or the deal or the next project, is it? Right. It's an intentional choice. and before you know before if you find yourself in that position pray about it Mm -hmm. and again god will give you the wisdom and the discernment
0: you know what and he honors he honors what we do in honoring him right he honors and blesses obedience so if we are what is it in colossians it says do everything unto the lord you know not for a man so we're honoring him and and seeking him in that and and using discernment in those situations, on paper, you might say you work out, you might miss out on the next project, the next promotion, but doesn't mean God doesn't see what you do, right? Because who's our ultimate promoter? Yep. Who's our CEO? You know, so he Absolutely. he's there. He he is that that figure for us. So, Claire, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being with us today and helping me unveil this such. Um, complex topic right? that's out in the marketplace right now especially as believers and as sisters and brothers in Christ how we can shed light on this and point others back to the fathers. This is Chelsea Drinkard. I've been guest um, hosting for the I Work For Him radio show for Jim Brangenberg. We're talking about the secret to succeeding in a male dominant industry and if you're just joining us, when this is over you want to go back. Start from the beginning and hear the whole thing. You don't it's like when you're at a buffet and you only eat one part of it, you don't get the full experience, right? Or you go to a play, you only see act two, you miss act one, how, how do you know what's going on? So... Once this is over, go to the back, listen to the whole thing if you really want to get the most out of your time in this show and your time listening. Because I know there's plenty other things that you could be doing or listening to. So we're thankful that you're here joining us at I Work for Him today. Um, And if you haven't, we have an I Work for Him nation of a community of us gathered around, around the entire nation. Committed to being those ambassadors for Christ. So, as we've been talking about the secret to succeeding in male dominant industry, we just left off um, with Claire about how men can play a role in this way to help kind of women succeed in these male dominant areas. And um, I've brought on a guest. His name is John Drinkard. No, not my f- husband. It's my father, but <laughs> so, before we even go there, because his voice is a lot older than mine. So that's weird. Anyways, but we do work together, and John has been in commercial real estate as well for the past 30-plus years, and from extremely, he's extremely vocal with, with his faith. This is why I brought him on, okay? He works with very high-level executives, um, large companies from the round the country, um, military business and everything privately held, publicly held and et cetera. And a man who lives out his faith. I'm talking about he's walking down the street and there's a homeless person and he's praying with him or he's at lunch, does not know someone across from him. He's going to pray with them. So he is actually living out his faith. So I thought, Hmm. And I know I see both sides from a personal and a business perspective, who would be better than to ask this question from a bold outspoken person who stands for truth. So Without further ado, John, thank you for joining us today.
2: It is a pleasure, Chelsea.
0: <laughs> thank you. So this is my question for you. We got Claire's perspective. Now I want to ask you, from a male perspective in a so-called male-dominant industry, how do you think men, or isn't it, is this even a valid question, can help women in these male-dominant industries succeed?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, I mean, it's um, you know, as believers, we we it's really important to know who we are in Him, and so that starts. Um, I mean, your day uh, with Him, you're asking, you're praying, uh, you're not worrying about today. Um, Philippians, Apostle Paul spoke about pray about everything, not mm-hmm. just the, the the big meeting coming up, but the interaction, even maybe on the elevator with someone you don't know that and so that's first and foremost um and then obviously god's peace he's promised that will be with you and so you then you don't you're not prompted to try to be someone else
0: yeah you're being who you are who's
2: he he, and really who you are even in that moment because he's faithful and he'll deliver exactly what he wants you to say even who he wants you to direct it to and he's just amazing that way
0: and you know what comparison is a tactic of the enemy to distract us from our design, desire, and purpose. If we're so busy maybe comparing to the fact that I'm the only woman in the room or he's a man, he's double major, whatever these... And it can just not be applied to being in a male-dominant industry, right? It can apply to being feeling like I'm one with freckles. I don't know. I'm the new person in the room, whatever that is. If we're busy comparing the enemy uses that as a tactic to devalue for us to feel devalued and also to kind of put us in chains and bond us from being effective um, and marketplace ambassadors and being who we're called to be.
2: Yeah, well said. And, um, yeah. You know, again, I think it's 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 just like the um, you just again knowing who you are um, and not trying to be someone else. Not you know not trying to be a guy. Just uh, but from our perspective, with with um, ladies or females in the room, it's again you're always respecting them with honor. Um, the entire book, uh, the third book of Colossians. Speak. You spoke to that earlier. You were referencing Colossians three seventeen about everything you do or say as representative, representatives of the king, giving thanks to him, to God the Father, that entire chapter speaks volumes to this very topic and how we're supposed to get rid of these lusts and different things that, that may be that may lurk within us Is a word that it uses. And so um, it's really just a matter of being grounded in him. And, and he's always going to then deliver us in those moments and say the right thing. And it's sometimes not politically correct. It's not sometimes often it won't be politically correct, but it'll honor him. And again, he will. it will then honor those at the conference boardroom
0: right. or
2: the interaction and in, in whatever the transaction or commerce may be.
0: So for example, just as we kind of wrap up here, even that Claire, we talked about, you know, don't put yourself in a situation maybe being the only woman going to a after hours thing with a bunch of men bring your woman counterpart or you know and and like you said be vocal it doesn't matter right so it doesn't matter if if it's a man or a woman if something that said that's maybe derogatory or kind of on that line, right? We know that line. Some people walk that line in HR and some companies sometimes. But on that line, and Claire mentioned, and John, I don't know if you agree with this, if you wouldn't say that with your daughter next to you or if you... Or if that woman is your daughter or your sister, if you wouldn't say that, and, ex- and women too, this goes both ways, right? It goes both ways, especially, you know, from honoring your fellow sisters and whether they're believer or not, we're supposed to honor and love others just the way um, Christ has loved us and forgive others the way Christ forgived us. If we're not doing That and living that out—that's kind of like our measurement, right? So we won't say something in front of this person, whether believe it or not. That's our measure. So as men, as women, that's what we measure, what we say, when we do, and where we put ourselves in situations by.
2: Yep, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, again, and and Claire made some great, very practical, um, very wise comments on on what that looks like, coming from the woman perspective. And I'm I'm suggesting that. that we're as believers or we're all believers in him mm-hmm. and yes you want to be practical with that i.e as she suggested to invite the female worker if, if possible or your colleague or whomever but really it's you know the king of the universe lives in us through the person of the holy spirit amen <laughs> so you, you, i mean when you when you get a, a, a when you understand that and begin to get a understanding of that? it changes everything, and so he's already promised to as we yield to him, and as we lift him up um, um, you know man will will see themselves in that in that light
0: absolutely so, John, thank you we, so much for that insight. Thank you so much for giving that perspective, and it comes down to. It just what it sounds like from what we're hearing, this secret to succeeding in male dominant industry is knowing who you are in Christ, right? So as believers, as Christians, we have this, there's no secret. We have this. This is our hope that we have in him as our image. We are created in his image of who we are, we're his child, we're his daughter, we're his son in Christ, in in Messiah. So that's the secret. If you know who you are and whose you are, you can live out the design, desire, and purpose in your life. And I love this quote from Simon Sinek, who wrote, Start With Why. What's lacking in the world right now is not women leaders, but rather leaders who lead like men. So if I know who I am as a woman, how God created me, I'm a child of God, first off, number one. Then everything else goes to the waistline, Right want to just say thank you so much again for joining me today this is chelsea drinkard we were talking about the secret to succeeding in male dominant industries and and there you have it that's that's the secret so it all goes down back down to identity and if you haven't joined us yet on the i work for him nation um, I want to thank you again for listening to I Work For Him today. Jim will be back in the studio on on Friday. So if you feel in your heart or in soul that there's more to business than clocking in and out from 9 to 5 and you want to make a difference in the world, join the I Work For Him Nation. Click on Join Our Nation and link arms with our community and be part of our team who's committed to using our career, our business, our platform to be a lighthouse, uh, in a lighthouse in the light Uh, the lighthouse of light in the dark world, showing and leading others to Jesus Christ and leading them to the one true God. So you can do that two ways. You can go and go to IWorkForHim.com, click on there, or you can find us on Facebook. Join us through there and help us and link arms to spread this mission. And you know what? If you are listening to this. Um, now I'm thinking, wow, if you work with women, if you know women, if you're married to a woman, <laughs> if you want to be married to a woman, <laughs> right? If you're, or if you have a supervisor over employees, if you own a business, who matter where you are in between, this is a message that we need to spread. It all goes back to identity. Who we are in Christ is our identity, not who we're going to compare ourselves to because that's a tactic. So Who you are in Christ, what matters. I'm Chelsea Drinkard, guest hosting for I Work For Him. Thank you so much. God bless.